You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Today I want to preach a message that I think is appropriate at Christmas time. I want you to listen on purpose for the for seven minutes as I build a base. I think you must listen on purpose. Because after the first seven minutes, I believe that you'll want to listen. Today I'd like to speak to you on the subject of surprise me, Lord. Heavenly Father. Today I believe I have a word for this audience. I truly believe it could be a life-changing word only if you anoint it, God. But if you will not anoint it, it'll be a tingling symbol. So I pray for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. There are several passages in the Bible that deal with things that we must do in order to have our prayers answered. Our conditions that we must meet. For example, the famous John chapter 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now I want you to notice, it doesn't say you shall ask what you will first. At first it says you've got to abide in me and my word has got to abide in you. Prayer is not a Latin lamp that you rub together and ask what you want and get it. Prayer is not a rabbit's foot. Prayer is a formula that always works. It's not a guess proposition. If you abide in me, and that word abide means live in me. You don't visit there. You live there. You live in him. He lives in you. The word abides in you. You abide in the word. Then you've got carte blanche. You can ask anything that you want. And God said, it will be done unto you. But let me just say, your wonder will change. If you abide in him and his word abides in you, you'll begin to want things for the kingdom of God. You'll want to make money so you can bless. Come on, this is good preaching. Say a good amen. And then there's the famous 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14. Here's another formula. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive your sins and heal your land. See, God is a God of formula. There is a way that a nation can be healed and spared, the Bible said, that always works. If my people, God's people, that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, America could be spared. America will not be spared when we clean up the narcotics traffic. America will not be spared if we get rid of the pornography industry or gang violence. You see, the people that are sending America to destruction are the people sitting in this building here today. My people. It didn't say the devil's crowd. My people that are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will, not I might or I usually do, not I can do it, 
but I will hear from heaven, forgive the sins and heal your land. And that's God's promise. But it's a formula. Now, a lot of these formulas have to do with prayer. They're conditions for answered prayer. Now, follow me carefully because here's the sermon. Now, suppose I do that. Suppose I meet God's condition for answered prayer. I have now met God's condition. And the Bible said, remember, let him ask what he will. And it shall be done in him. But wait a minute. There is now a second choice. Follow me closely. The same qualifications for me to be able to have what I want qualifies me for a second choice. This is graduate course teaching here today. So when I've separated myself and I'm abiding in Christ and his word is abiding in me, I have a second choice. What is that choice? I think it's better explained in two boxes that we can check. Box number one, you can check, I may ask what I will. And the second box is, I may have what he wills. And the scripture for that is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now this may surprise you but I hardly ever pray for anything for myself. Now, let me tell you why. There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's how we should pray. The Bible said you have not because you ask not. The Bible said, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be open unto you. Yes, we're to pray that way and get it right now. There's we should ask for things, ask specific for things. Believe God, believe God for things that are big. But I'll tell you why I do not ask for a lot of things for myself. Because I'm afraid if I pray something for myself, God may have something bigger and better for me. Because God knows what we need more than we know what we need. And God gives us something bigger and better. We have not because we don't even know how to ask. We do not know God's provision. I don't think you're getting it, so let me put it this way. <laughs> Let's just say that I pray for a pint. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good, does it? <laughs> okay, let's rephrase. If I pray for a fifth, I think that's worse. Let's go back. Let's go back to the pint. Let's say I pray for a pint. I believe that God would give me a pint if I meet the conditions. But it just may be that God wanted to give me a gallon. So I have a choice in the matter. I can say this is what I want, or God, this is what you choose. Well, Christmas, about two or three Christmases ago, my wife said, honey, have you got my Christmas present yet? I said, yes, I have. Oh, she said, I wish I would have caught you before you bought it because you always get the wrong size, the wrong color, the wrong style. She said, there's something I'd like for Christmas and I, I was going to ask you for money this year. She said, do you think you could take it back and and get the money for it? I said, well, if that's what you want. So I took it back. I got the money and gave it to her. 
Several months later, we were walking through the mall. Now, let me just stop right here to say that I'd rather go through seven years of the tribulation than go with my wife to the mall. Amen? Come on. Come on, men. That's a word. Yeah, there's a man there. Amen. The rest of you guys are afraid to, to say anything. Amen. As we walked through the mall, I said, honey, would you like to see what I bought you for Christmas that you didn't want? Yeah, she said, I'd like to see. So we walked by a jeweler's window and looked in the jewelry, and there was a beautiful sparkling ring that I had bought for her. The next Christmas rolled around. Matter of fact, this Christmas, I said, honey, uh, what do you want for Christmas? She said, oh, son, honey, you, you just pick out something and surprise me. Eh? <laughs> See, the point is what God wants you to have is better than what you want to have. But the tragic thing is we say, I want what I want. And God looks down and said, oh, but if you just knew what I had for you. Now it's going to get better, so buckle your seatbelt. I want to make three statements about this. Statement number one, his plan is better than my plan. When I was 12 years old, God called me to the ministry. I, I felt like someday I wanted to pastor a wonderful church. I suppose that I would have prayed that God would give me a big church to pastor. The largest charismatic church at that time was a church of about a 1,000 people. Therefore, if I would have asked God to give me a big church, I would have probably prayed that God give me a church of about 500. That would have been a large crowd. And look what God would have given me. He would have given me a church of 500. But I want you to look what I would have missed in my ministry. You know, we were building our church in Phoenix. Uh, we went there with 200 of the meanest Christians you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Just get enough anointing to preach. I'd quote that scripture. Be not dismayed by their faces. Amen. <laughs> but the first Sunday morning, the church had 600 and some odd people. They'd come to see the new pastor. And the next week, 800. And by the end of the month, we had over 1,000 people. So we had to build a new building. The board meeting, we called a meeting. And what size shall we build it? I wanted to build it to seat about 3,000. But the board wanted to build it to seat 10,000. So I called a prayer meeting and said, let's just pray about it and see what God has to say. So we were watching TV one day. And we had a deacon over to our house for lunch that day. And the television on, and there was Pat Robertson. You know how he is on the 700 Club. He kind of looks like this, <laughs> shakes his head back as well. He said, what God is getting ready to do in the world is unbelievable. He said, you pastors in America are building your churches too small. It's not going to contain the revival and he pointed his old bony finger and got the prophetic look in his eye and said, I'm speaking to one preacher that's building his church too small. And the deacon said, that's you, that's you. 
So we started looking for property to build our church. We looked at the famous Tovery Mansion, right in the middle of Phoenix, the perfect place. And then we looked at McCune Mansion, right next to Barry Goldwater's compound. Now, if we'd have bought that and rolled in with one of our 40 buses with uh, 70 American heathens on it, amen, <laughs> and they ended up on his property, I'm sure he wouldn't have liked that. And then we saw a piece of property on the freeway where hundreds of thousands of cars went by. 15 acres, and we joined hands on that property. And the deacon said, let's pray that God would give it to us. But I felt a check. I said, no, let's pray that we'd buy the property that God wants for us. And I thought probably that would be it. Look what we would have missed if we had prayed that way because I believe that God would have given it to us. We would have had room for the 40 buses that we would need it. We wouldn't have had room for the Joyce Meyer Conference that comes every year and tracks the thousands. We wouldn't have had room for our Christmas pageant this year. 18 performances, 70 to 80,000 people. If we'd have prayed that way, we wouldn't have had the parking room. We wouldn't have had room for our prayer chapel on the side of the mountain that's open 24 hours a day, never closes. We wouldn't have had room for the small world village for the children, nor the youth building, the amphitheater, nor the basis high school that we have, nor Southeastern College, nor Prairie Mountain, nor the football field. If I would have prayed for that 15 acres on the freeway, we couldn't have had all this. But I never prayed that pray. I prayed this way somewhere, God. You got a piece of property that you want us to have. And the same is true. We went to LA and our little church began to explode and we needed a bigger place. So we went on a search. We looked at the Ambassador Hotel. That's where Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. It was a beautiful place. I wanted it. And then we looked at the Jewish temple in Beverly Hills. Right among the movie stars, I thought, I get to preach to the movie star. <laughs> you know, everybody thinks I am a very famous person. Everybody thinks I look like Jerry Jones. Amen. <laughs> I mean, they, I hear it all the time. Pastor? No, they don't know I'm a pastor. But they say, uh, did anybody, these are strangers, I mean, did anybody ever tell you that you look like, and I intercept, Brad Pitt, I say, amen, you know. <laughs> you know, I make a pretty good Jerry Jones. I just sign it and go on, amen. <laughs> but did you ever stop to think what's going to happen if somebody goes to Jerry Jones thinking it's me and said, would you pray for me, amen? <laughs> but God didn't let us have the Beverly Hill property. We looked at the Pyre Light Company. It was beautiful, right downtown. Matter of fact, we thought, God, this may be the place we offered $8 million for it. Thought we had it. One hour before we got it, the Koreans moved in, and Korean church offered a million dollars more. I've been bitter at the Koreans ever since. How many will pray for me? Amen. Thank you. But then God opened up. The Queen of Angels Hospital. 
400,000 square feet, twice as big as that other property. 1,400 rooms in it, 16 stories high, and they wanted $3.9 million, half the price of the other. And it became the iconic Dream Center that's recognized all over the world. And now, there are over 300 Dream Centers in America. But at the time, I couldn't fathom what God had for us. And that's why the Bible said our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard. God has things that were prepared for us from the foundation of the earth. God's got a bunch of stuff already prepared for you that you'll never get because you just checked the one box instead of both boxes. I just say, boy, pastor, now that I've met God's conditions, I'm going to choose what I want. And you can. You have a right to. There's nothing wrong with it. Or you can say, God, I want you to choose this in my life. And I've come to the conclusion that I've gotten a heap a lot more stuff and lived a happier life by praying and checking the little square that says I want what God wants for my life because God's plan is better than yours. But number two, I'd rather for him to decide what I get because I don't know all that he has. And if I don't know all God has, how can I know what to ask him for? And since God has given me the power to choose and check the square of my choice, I'm going to say, God, you go ahead and surprise me. I love that little story of the little boy. It was depression time. They were very poor. His mother took him to the grocery store and they had bought few of the few needed things that they could afford. As the grocer was checking them out, he noticed the little boy was looking at that big bowl of hard candy that he had on the counter. He knew the little boy's mother could not afford it. So he said, son, would you like to have some candy? The boy shook his head. He said, reach in there with your big hand and take all the candy that you can. The little boy just stood there. He said, son, did you hear me? Reach in there, get that big handful of candy, all you can get. The little boy just stood there. And finally, he reached in with his big old hand and took a handful of candy for the boy and put it in a sack. When they walked out, the mother said, why were you so rude? That man offered you the handful of candy and you did not even answer. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you reach in there? He said, because his hand was bigger than mine. I got news for you today. Oh, his hand is bigger than mine. His love for you is bigger. Give the Lord a good clap offering right now. Amen. And I don't know what he has. So I'm going to say, God, I trust you. Because when you trust God, not only is God's plan better than you, 
Number two, I don't know all God has, but here's my favorite one. Hang on. I don't even know what I need. The truth is sometimes I don't even know what I want. I mean, God has given me so much. I'm a spoiled brat. God has to just think of things to make me happy because I'm kind of spoiled. Several years ago, I was preaching and I said, if I ever had my choice in life, and this has been probably 40 years, 30 years before this, 20 years I guess it was, the car that I would like that I could have, I think that car would be a red convertible sports car, Mercedes. 20 years later, there was a young lady, a young man coming home from work. Him and his wife are new at the church and they had just been saved. It was about three o'clock in the morning when he drove down the street. A car coming the other way, drunken driver, hit him in the side, instantly killed this man. Of course, his wife is heartbroken. They had no money. The church took care of their funeral, loved her, did everything we could. But the man who hit her was extremely wealthy and a lawsuit gave them a lot of money and the insurance on top of it. One day I got a call and said, there's a lady in the lobby that wants to see you. And I walked out and there she was. She said, Pastor, I want to show you something. Come in the parking lot. I walked in the parking lot and there sat that beautiful red Mercedes sports car. I said, wow, congratulations, that's beautiful. She reached in her pocket, took out the keys and threw it to me and said, that's yours. She caught me by surprise. And I said, well, I want you to keep this. She said, no, Pastor, I bought it for you. I said, but I think you ought to have it. She said, I prayed about it and God told me to give it to you and I cannot disobey God. I said, I'll tell you what, let's do, let's just pray about this <laughs> for a week and we'll get back together. And you feel God's will and I do, then we'll go from there. A week later, she came back and I said, would you pray about it? Yep, and God said, it's yours. I said, but I prayed about it, and I feel like you need to keep it. She said, Pastor, don't make me miss God. I said, look, you won't be missing God because you bought it with a good intent to give to me. If there's any judgment on that missing God, it'll be me. But I just feel it's God's will for you to have it. Finally, she said, okay. And I stood there and watched her drive my car out of the parking lot. <laughs> I went in my office. I took off my shoes. This is what, what I do when I'm happy. I got on the couch, and I just jumped up and down. Who said white men can't jump? Amen. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And as I jumped up and down, I said, oh, God, I really didn't want that dumb car. I just wanted to know I could have it if I wanted it. Come on, give the Lord a good clap popping out there. Amen. My son, Luke, you know Luke. He was just a young boy then, and when I told him this story, he said, Dad, I think it was God. She just got the wrong first name. It was Luke Barnett. Amen. <laughs> He's not as spiritual as I am. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I travel a lot, 
And I have to eat at a lot of restaurants. And sometimes all the food tastes the same. And I go into a restaurant and nothing looks good. And I say to the waitress, look, why don't you just have this chef to fix me up the best thing that he's got in the kitchen? It surprised me. And sometimes I come to God in prayer. I say, God, I've met your conditions. I've met your formula. I've abided in you and your word has abided in me and I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't stand in the way of sinners. I've delighted myself in you, Lord. Now, God, I'm ready to order. And God said, well, what do you want? Well, God, I don't know all I want. I don't even know what you've got. And many times I'll say, oh, God, just fix me up the best thing you got in the kitchen and surprise me. And you know what? God gives me stuff that I didn't even know that I want that would make me happy. I got a little granddaughter who just ran the fastest. She won the state meet in cross country. She has a third fastest mile in America. She's getting... All kinds of offers. And by the way, I ran when I was in school. Track and field's my favorite. God said, I'm going to give you a little granddaughter that you can go and I travel all over the world watching her run. And she wants to be in the Olympics and she's got a chance. Come on, give the Lord a good clap. Yeah. Yeah. My other little granddaughter is a golfer. She's on the golf team in college. She beats the daylights out of me. Amen. I, I threatened to trip her or cripple her. I'm a bad loser. Come on, say it. Someone said to me, Pastor Barnett, I take it you're a bad loser. And I say, I don't know. I never lost. Amen. <laughs> I, I never expected God gave that to me. But he gave me things that were surprises. Have you ever prayed for something that you were sorry that you prayed for her? Michaela, she prayed for her. Yeah, look what she got. Amen. Yeah. Be careful what you pray for. Come on. I love this church. You can have fun at this church. Come on, say amen. If you're an old sourpuss, just get out of here. Amen. <laughs> hey, have you ever gone Christmas shopping and seen one of those $10 surprise bucks? You can take a chance and buy what's in that box or I can take my $10 and buy what I choose to buy. So let's assume that I buy one of those $10 surprise bucks and what's in it. A set of curlers. Now, I don't need a set of curlers. How am I to realize? I need what's under those curlers. I need hair. I've tried everything to grow hair. Someone said, if you put a hot pack, that'll do it. All I did was burn my scalp. And another said, no, 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 you got to put a cold pack. I didn't, got brain freeze, you know. Another person said, if you'll take vodka, and rub that on your hair. 
that's a sure way to grow hair. It didn't work, so I drank the rest of the bottle. Amen. No, no I didn't. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to keep your attention. Amen. Hey, but I finally discovered the, the solution for balding and growing hair. I'm going to let my eyebrows grow long and just come back over You got to do what you got to do. How many realize that? Yeah. Let's get back to the $10 surprise Christmas box. Now, let's just suppose for a moment that the person that packed that box knew me. Let's suppose that the person who packed that box made me. Let's suppose that the person that packed that box loved me with a love that any other love that the world will ever know. Let's suppose that the person who packed that box on the cattle on a thousand hills and the gold and the silver that is in these hills. Now, how do you think I ought to spend my $10? I'll take the box every time because my God in heaven loves me. He's crazy about me. He loves me more than I love myself. He knows what I need more than I know what I need. He knows what I want more than I know what I want. Did you ever have anything bad happen to you? And later on you said, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because all we have to judge is our senses, our smell, sight, hearing, feeling. But he that is omniscient, he that knows everything, has something for you. He that owns everything has something for you. He that loves you with a love that you'll never understand has something for you. So God says, well, you've met the conditions for prayer. Okay, now tell me what you want. I'm ready to take your order. Now first, you have the choice. You can have what you will but before you order, there's also a second choice. God said, if you'd like for me, I'd pick out something for you and give it to you. And brother, I've learned in 82 years of life to say, surprise me, Lord. And that's why I hardly ever pray for things like cars and planes and houses. Nothing wrong with praying that way. Hear me now. Follow me closely. But I've learned to say, surprise me, Lord. And our tremendous God surprises me. I'm often asked, Pastor Barnett, did you ever expect or plan to build a dream center? No, 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 no. Never heard of such a place. I wouldn't train in cross-culture evangelism. We went to build a church. But we realized that we had to get the people off drugs and alcohol and disciple them before we built the church. Did you ever have a desire to be the chancellor of a university? I've been the chancellor of two major universities, Grand Canyon and Southeastern. When they asked me to become the chancellor, I was so dumb I thought it was a chandelier. That's how dumb I was. <laughs> I never graduated from university. 
Pastor, did you ever expect to write books? No. This is, I think, my 14. I'm not a writer. Did you ever expect to have a pastor's conference? We've had now one for over 40 years and had over 200,000 pastors attend, many of them pastoring great churches. Pastor, did you ever expect to travel around the world? Never did. Did you ever expect to be the pastor of Joyce Meyer? Brian Houston, who calls me his pastor, and many more. Never in my bucket list. But one day, I discovered I had two choices. I could get what I want, or I could get what he wants. And I'll guarantee there's no life in this world like getting what God wants for your life. It's a tremendous way to live. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you want and get it, or you can pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life. And when you pray this way, every day is Christmas for you. Because I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what I want. Surprise me. I close with this. This scripture will put it all in perspective. It's my life verse. Please don't miss this. Proverbs 3 and verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him. That's six words. And over here is another six words. And he will direct your path. The first six words is what we've got to do. That's what I came to do. Acknowledge him. That's why I'm in San Diego. The next six words are his part. So in all my ways, I acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And if you'll do that, you don't have to worry about the will of God for your life. So I wind it up by saying, go ahead and ask God. Ask him as big as you can. Don't hold back. Ask him, ask him, believe it. I've asked him, God, to give me a billion dollars in the next few years so I can build dream centers all over the world. Oh, I know, that's big but it's not even big enough for God. Come on, say a good amen. But I suggest at the end of your asking, Ed, but God, if you've got something better, surprise me, Lord. Joe Namath spoke at our church the other day. God saved his life and saved his soul. The football player, and he said, I can hardly wait to get up in the morning to see how good looking I've gotten during the night. Amen. Come on. Say. And I can relate to that. Come on. Say a good amen. Close your eyes and bow your head. The Holy Spirit's moving in this place. We've had a great time. Some of you look at the old preacher up here, 82 and you say that guy's got more life and more vision and yet you're young and healthy and your mind is strong your body's strong but you have no dream the alarm goes off in the morning but you have no desire to get up there's no joy no life nothing to look forward to no miracle working in your life that's what the surprise living life is it's miracle working but that can all change this morning. I believe that God brought people here today 
to make that choice to change today and have God working ahead of you and for you. And I feel led to say that, I believe I'm speaking prophetically. There are people in this building, if they don't make that decision today, they'll probably never do it. God brought you here. This is your day, and this is your time, and this is your moment. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 